Wizard of Oz that really just kind of freaked me out. (laughs) You might be one of those people who felt the same way as I did, at least as a little kid, and it was particularly the scene of the flying monkeys that just really kind of got to me, and as much as even at that point in my life, I kind of enjoyed, accurately put the voyeuristic aspect of shadow, especially from coming from a mostly position of light, it was still uh, probably a bit much for my little impasse self because I would have nightmares, um, not really dreams, more accurately nightmares about the flying monkeys and that I would be trying to get to my parents um, in their part of the house and walking down the hallway and the flying monkeys would come in and pick me up and swoop me off just as I was reaching the door to my parents' room. And so (laughs) I'm not advocating for flying monkeys or for you all to watch The Wizard of Oz. But the interesting thing about that movie, of course, is that while Dorothy, as the story goes, is In a house um, in Kansas, the tornado comes and kind of picks the house up and Dorothy is knocked unconscious and then goes into this really vivid dream state and she has this journey and she meets lots of different interesting individuals along the way and lots of different, of course, metaphors and stories being the most effective way sometimes in dream world and in shamanic world and I think sometimes in meditation as well for the universe at large to kind of get their point across. Dreams, of course, and it's funny because dreams have been coming up a lot more often, at least in the Facebook group that I'm on, The Animals I View. If y'all are on Facebook, feel free to come by and get yourself in there. We've been talking a little bit more about dreams, and I think there's a difference in dreams being sometimes the brain's way of just kind of going, wow, I've just, I've just got to like do this quick purge, like this quick download. Because sometimes I know you might have had the same experience where you wake up from dreams and you just, <laughs> I kind of just start laughing to myself because I think, what the, why didn't, why in the world did I dream about that? And just sometimes the the sheer craziness of it, or it may be a dream where you're flying or you turn into an animal. Of course, dreams can also have a more shadow aspect to them, and. While I think that most dreams have messages in there somewhere, most definitely I have had dreams where I wake up and I think, huh, well, that wasn't so much a dream as it meaning as the symbolism and all that sort of stuff, 
but more a, a way for the universe to get my attention and kind of while my brain is in sleep mode and not acting as a guard at the door, <laughs> so to speak, that the universe and my guides can kind of give me messages in dream because I've had some really prophetic dreams. One was where I was in a car uh, driving east on uh, an avenue that's here in, in Denver, 6th Avenue. And the really funny thing was is that there was a tornado coming right straight uh, for the car. And while I was heading right into the tornado, all the other people fleeing the city, the city of Denver proper, were going on the other way. They were all heading west, which I thought was interesting. And there, in this stream, there were movie reels, um, think like 8mm movie reels of various sizes that would come bounding toward the car. But just kind of at the last moment, there was they somehow got moved up and out of the way of squishing the car and thus squishing me in the car. And I got closer and closer the, to the tornado and I began to actually feel myself getting sucked up into the tornado, just this massive agent of change, if you will, because that's what tornadoes are about. And I heard my seven-year-old self, I had just heard an actual audio tape that my dad had made of myself and my siblings a couple days earlier of being seven, and it's kind of crazy to hear your seven-year-old self <laughs> talk in that seven-year-old voice. But I heard that seven-year-old voice say, Mommy, I'm scared. And in that moment, I felt a calmness come in and a, a distinctly male voice say, You'll be all right if you just stay grounded. Now that dream happened, oh gosh, more than five, six, seven years ago. It's been one of those dreams, one of those kind of prophetic dreams that I think about from time to time, especially when it feels like there's a couple of tornadoes coming into this life experience. And it's kind of maybe a generic application, I guess, at least that's how I've been using it, unless the universe tells me otherwise, to remind myself that when it feels like things are going to become disruptive, if I just stay grounded, I'll be okay. Another dream that I'm thinking of was when I happened to meet what I didn't know at the time, but then I figured out later, uh, was my star family, my star relatives. Because newsflash, I'm a visitor here and everybody else that you know who has organic life form here on this planet is also a visitor. We don't have a soul factory here on this planet. It's not like you or a cosmic energy factory or whatever it is that you want to use to describe. I've yet to come up with a perfect word. To describe that kind of personal spark, that kind of personal, oh, there, there's that person that resides within that very specific organic form. Yes, it's personality and temperament that may very well be, be tied to soul path. But there's also an awareness, right? A consciousness that we're not just a body here on the planet. We have knowingness, we have awareness, we have connection with all other beings on the planet if we want to. And we're aware from a certain perspective, if you get to that place, you're here to serve a purpose. You're here to gain awarenesses. You're here to 
enjoy the ride for as much as you possibly can. And this dream came at a really pivotal point in my life, I think, and on this life path. And it served as a remarkable reminder of my visitor status here on planet Earth. And it also connected me to my star family. And just how we can have a mixed lineage here on this planet organically of, you know, French, German, Swedish, African, uh, Italian, etc. That we also have, can have a mixed lineage of soul energies, if you will, that don't reside here on this planet. They come from different places in, in the galaxy. And so in this dream, I found myself in a room, and in this room was a desk, and on this desk were some file folders. And the really interesting part was that kind of standing next to these file folders were these huge individuals that were dressed in what looked like and appeared to me to be like samurai warriors. They were incredibly colorful. I think they had helmets on, the, the helmets had masks, they had kind of like spears or, or swords that they were holding on to, but they were kind of guarding what almost looked like to be a portal or a door beyond where this room was. And every time I reached for the file folders on the desk, there was kind of like a shock. Not a terrible shock, like an electric shock, but just a, enough, enough of a shock to just like, okay, you're not supposed to be able to or you can't really enter, open up those file folders. But I was really intrigued by the file folders. And so, in Lausanne's world, that equals, I need to find a way to get into those file folders. And so what I did is that I used hypnotherapy. I had not ever been in a hypnotherapy hypnotized state before, but it turned out to be, and I've used it a couple of times since then, a really remarkable experience and a way to kind of, again, step into dream world, journey space, whatever it is you want to call that dimension, and kind of, while still conscious, slide around back beyond the brain and get to the place where I can in an awake mode, access the information that I wanted to access. So I did. And the hypnotherapist got me back into the room. I saw the desk. I saw the file folders. This time, though, those samurai warriors were standing in a rest position. In other words, their spears or swords were not at the ready to give me yet another shock if I were to reach toward these file folders on the desk. They were kind of standing in a rest position. And I saw on the desk that there were burn marks and there were kind of gashes and I heard in this hypnotic state many attempts have been made before. In other words, there had been other attempts perhaps in other lifetimes for me in particular to understand what was in these file folders. And keep in mind at this point in time, I had no idea what was in these file folders. <laughs> Not a clue, but I did know I was super curious and I was determined to kind of get in there. So I reached toward the top of the file folder, the file folder that was on the top, and I opened the file folder and it became a portal. And I don't know if y'all have seen Harry Potter films, and there's a moment where one of the books in the Harry Potter films acts as a portal for Harry, and that's exactly what this was like. 
I opened up this file folder and it became a portal and I stepped into the portal and in an instant I was out in the galaxy somewhere. It was really pretty. I was very comfortable. It was very dark all around me. I definitely could see some stars and lots of stars, lots of different like constellation things going on and just really kind of a massive space to say the least. And I could see that this portal was kind of like this little ribbon of like dazzling sparkling light and it was kind of weaving its kind of way through the universe and through the galaxy and it was leading me to a very particular destination. And this destination happened to be a gate, a rather large gate, probably about 12 feet tall, on this planet that I had never been to before. Again, at least not in human experience. And the really interesting thing about it though, there was kind of like this light bluish to maybe like um, heather blue color kind of all over the place of this gate. And I looked up at this gate and I thought to myself, that's a massive gate. How am I going to possibly open this gate? And again, I heard in my ear, just blow. And so I blew very softly on the gate and automatically it opened up. And once inside this gate, which served as kind of a, a portal to this city, there I was met by individuals who didn't look like humans. They definitely looked like what I guess you might say we would describe extraterrestrials as. They tended to be kind of the same color of blue. Yes, their eyes were somewhat of a different shape. Yes, their bodies were of a different shape. They had four fingers instead of five fingers. But what struck me was that when all of these individuals came forward, I knew immediately in, in every fiber of my organic experience on this planet that I belonged to them and they belonged to me. And it made every single biological relationship that I have on this planet pale in comparison to the unconditional love and acceptance and collective beingness is the only way I can use to describe it that I was experiencing from these individuals. And they were so happy to see me. And I was put into this carriage and there were herbs and, and, and plants and leaves of plants that were put down on this street and this carriage kind of slowly was propelled over these, these special herbs and uh, plants and leaves of plants. In other words, it was like I was receiving the ultimate blessing from these individuals. There were no harsh words. There were no, well, what took you so long? There was just simply unconditional love and acceptance. And I remember weeping during this session because of the emotion that was coming up for me and because I felt like I had finally reached a place that I could call home. And I think for many of you listening to the podcast, I'll go out on the limb and say a great many of you who listen to this podcast might have felt at some point in time in this experience on this planet that you don't belong here, that this isn't your home, 
yes you have a biological family and you have friends and you have loved ones and it's pretty great and you feel loved by them but perhaps maybe in your heart of heart and maybe in your soul of souls you recognize wow this still feels a little off this still feels kind of unfamiliar to me I would invite you to see about reaching out to your star family everybody has one everybody has more than one and the really interesting thing is that this star family plural star families can serve as an anchoring point for this experience here on this planet which kind of maybe sounds counterintuitive because you think well if I'm anchored up there in the galaxy how can I also be anchored down here but the key is once you become familiar with and understand what part of you belongs to what star planet out in the galaxy the more you can become illuminated about your life path here on this planet because again it's the ultimate roller coaster ride it's the ultimate merry-go-round there's a reason why we have such things as deja vu not only just in past lives but also in this life experience on this planet and so if you're game, I'm going to try something I actually try with clients when they're sitting across from me. And when they have come to me, usually having reached a point of pain and just going, I'm not sure I want to stay here anymore. I'm not sure what it is I'm supposed to be doing here. I, I, everything feels foreign to me. It feels unfamiliar. I, I love my family or I'm estranged from my family. I have never felt like I am like them. The way it works is that soul is united with body, body is united with soul. What affects one affects the other in all ways and in all matters here on this planet. And so because that particular part of you happens to reside, the light being part of you, the soul part of you, the cosmic energy part of you, again, whatever words you want to use, is attached and plugged into that organic machine known as your body, you are at once and forevermore beyond this experience a member of those star families and that will never ever ever be changed kind of no matter how many lifetimes you have here on this planet and so simply by mentioning the words of some of the star planets out there in the galaxy you will feel a corresponding ripple of energy that emanates from your soul think of it as kind of like a radar ping you know that in a submarine and they send out a radar ping and when that energy that sound wave hits a solid object or whatever it is that it's looking for it sends back a resounding ping so that the operator of the sonar understands oh okay so yes we have found something so let me go through the names of these and see if some of them might resonate for you and keep in mind this might be super super subtle it might be just like a Oh, I felt a little kind of weightless there for a second. You might feel like a, a, a very, very subtle rush of energy kind of everywhere on your body. You might feel it in your arms, you might feel it in your chest, you might feel it in your legs, you might feel it in your heart, your solar plexus, kind of anywhere on your body. And again, it helps if you kind of focus on your body and move away from the brain just a little bit so that the brain can't step inside and say, no, no, this is your imagination because it won't be. Okay, let's start with a couple that are in my lineage. Pleiadian. 
Arcturian Orion Syrian Centaurans Lyrans Andromedans and Vagans. If you have felt, and you might have to go back to the podcast in the place where I was talking about these star family people, if you felt a little resounding ping, that little radar ping pong, whatever noise that comes in, that just slight little tingle on your body. And it's sometimes for some people even the mentioning of, oh yeah, my star family. You will feel a slight usually sometimes tingling on the top of your head. That is the way for your body to that has received the radar ping from that divine energy that comes from other parts of the galaxy because you're also a visitor here on this planet. Notification to your body of just like, oh yeah, that's right, mm-hmm, I have Pleiadian um, energy. Oh, that's right, I have Arcturian energy. If you're curious about who these people are and who your family is, I would invite you to Google them. Just Google, what does Pleiadian energy feel like? What are Arcturians mostly interested in? I can tell you that Pleiadians are kind of about high ideals. Arcturians tend to be a little more interested in the nitty-gritty and maybe how to carry out those high ideals. Syrian is definitely drawn to animals. Orions have a definite curiosity about them and wanting to know how everything works. And so you might look at the landscape of your life path and go, oh, wow, yeah, wow, that really makes a whole lot of sense. Yes, exactly. And I think the bottom line, just like Dorothy and E.T., home isn't necessarily a destination. It's a place of being, right? And so even in this place of being here on this planet in this experience, you can still feel like it's home and you can still call your star family members to be home with you. Because remember, there's a collectiveness. There's, it's not that you are separated from them by time and distance. Because you are them and they are you at any point in time and space, you can instantaneously and automatically ask them to be with you. And so you might very well say, Pleiadian family members, I I would like for you to be with me. And you'll feel this whoosh of energy kind of come in. And of course, I would hope and I would love if it would reset maybe your perspective here on the planet and understanding that In this experience, you're likely only going to be here for as long as you're meant to be here, but there is a part of you that is timeless, that is ageless, and that is created from the soul of the universe, if you will. And that's a very special thing. I'm Lizanne Flynn, and this has been the Animals I View podcast. I'll see you next time.
Thank you.